Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on Soho Radio and the Art Hour. And today I have the extreme pleasure to have with me a lady with a beautiful smile, uh, co-founder and director of the Art Night in London, Ksenia Zemtsova. Ksenia, welcome on the Art Hour in Soho Radio. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. 
Uh, great pleasure indeed. And uh, what is the art night, Xenia? So the art night is um, something we've created about three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. It's started with an idea and now it's one of uh, London's largest contemporary art festivals. Um, it was inspired initially by the Parisian Nuit Blanche, mm-hmm. which I worked on um, in 2011. And uh, the idea is really to organize an all-night celebration of the city by inviting artists to explore extraordinary and unusual locations and to design a trail for the audience to enjoy um, through art. Basically. So it sounds like a kind of night safari. When you have only one night to experience how many things? Yes, so usually we have about 10 to 12 commissions as part of the curated program. Mm-hmm. And we work every year with one artistic director or curator that oversees um, the program. And then another 30 to 40 projects as part of Art Night Open when we invite artists, independent curators and local organizations to take part. And how long is this night? So this night is as as long as it gets really for you, you can choose. Uh, we try to, to, to push the boundaries a bit in terms of uh, how, um, how far you can go um, while kind of respecting um, the residents and the noise levels. So usually it starts at 6 p.m. and mm-hmm. most of the projects would run into, until 3, 4 a.m. Okay. Hopefully one year we'll be able to do a 12-hour marathon until 6 a.m., we I can see many ambitions. <laughs> um, so the night and day, that will be more or less, yeah? Yeah, so, so here, yeah, it's an evening event that runs into the night and then we also have a Sunday trail for families uh, with some projects that are still on view. What I was always... Um, I, I've been to, to most of your uh, organized art nights and I have been fascinated uh, not only from the new spaces that I have seen um, and the variety of the projects, which includes all media, video installation, performances, everything. But always I had a small frustration that I cannot see everything. <laughs> and uh, I was wondering, okay, why did they don't do it uh, on Art Week? I mean, to organize an event like Art Night, even to print out the, the catalogs and everything, it takes huge amount of work and resources. Uh, it needs definitely a work of a full year. You have a very organized team to organize something that big as you do, from my experience and my understanding. And then you say, why to keep it so short? Why to have it so ephemeral? Yeah, so um, very good question. And we, we were asked this a lot. Well, the simple answer is first, um, the kind of venues we're using Often, because they are non-traditional spaces for art, it means that uh, they have also regular users. So, unfortunately, we can't book them sometimes for a week. It would be completely impossible. For example, when you do a project in a Masonic temple or in the Bascule chambers under the Tower Bridge, you know, which operates the bridge closing and opening, well, you, you can only access it for a few hours. And for us, I think opening up unusual locations is something that is so exciting and such a kind of once in a lifetime opportunity and something that makes the festival so distinctive that it really also informs the format of the event. So because we were not able to to keep the venues open more than one night, mm-hmm. but it's also what makes the festival possible. Otherwise, we'll be restricted to galleries and museums and 
kind of white cubes that are already there set for the arts. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I think it is really important to create this sense of excitement and one of opportunity and uh, that that makes the festival so unique. Mm -hmm. We do have a legacy program, so all the resources that are put into creating new commissions, um, they are not there just for one night. Uh, together with a lot of supporters, foundations and partners, we um, do ensure that uh, some projects join public collections, uh, tour uh, UK in the UK or um, are acquired are some of the projects permanent public installations? Yeah, instance? so some projects are kind of um, temporary but stay on view for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we did a beautiful mural with uh, Susan Traister in Battersea Power Station, which uh, was uh, there until December, I think. Um, then we do more permanent works. So in September, we um, unveiled um, an installation called Bridging Home, by a Korean artist, Do Ho Su, mm -hmm. um, together with... It was an abridged... Ah, yes, mm -hmm. together together with the sculpture in the city. It was actually created by Fato Shustek, who mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. came One of to our see guests. you. Yes. Um, and so this this uh, this project took a few couple of years actually to to create, and uh, it's a house that sits on a pedestrian bridge in the heart of the city of London, uh, and it's going to remain there for... A year or two so in a way there is there is some more permanent works and then the ephemeral ones are really there because of the extraordinary venue it is in i will survive with gloria gainer and then back uh with ksenia zemtsova from the art night at first i was afraid i was petrified kept thinking i could never live without you by my side but then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. And I grew strong. And I learned how to get along. So now you're back from outer space. I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face. I should have changed that 
I will survive. <laughs> and that was very uplifting indeed. And uh, Xenia, you started from politics and uh, political science and we will see you after a few years in the arts sphere <laughs> uh, doing one of the biggest festivals in London. How did this, uh, did, did you feel that you can contribute more in the arts rather than in politics? So, Or you consider that arts yeah. been quite political in their own way? Yes, I think so. I've been, when I was studying political science, it was already in my master's with a focus on uh, culture. So this kind of bridging arts and the urban environment and the city um, has been always part of something that was of interest to me. Um, and so naturally, um, after finishing my studies, I did a first um, experience working at the City Hall in Paris in the culture team. So it was really a great place to be because it summarized everything that um, I was passionate about, about kind of how do you program culture in a way that is accessible for people um, that live in a city and how do you uh, democratize the access uh, while keeping the quality of the program really high. And um, I had a chance then to work on the Nuit Blanche Festival, which I mentioned um, before. And when I discovered that festival, that was really the first time um, I realized the power of um, arts um, in the city, how it can influence our perceptions of uh, an environment that we might be used to, how it might shift uh, the way we, we perceive, you know, um, our city or our neighborhood. So it's a process that opens up? Yes, absolutely. That uh, that transforms, I think, that transforms our, our perspectives. And um, that uh, is also a way to kind of, by placing art in um, kind of an everyday environment, it gives people an opportunity to encounter great projects, uh, even when they are not necessarily used to go to museum or galleries. Uh, and from with this comes a great responsibility, of course, because people that are not asking for that uh, for that experience, we, we really need to give them uh, this initial um, excitement to encourage them to then, you know, go more often to visit some exhibitions, etc. So, yeah, so that, that's when I when I moved to London, I thought um, rather than continuing on a more traditional path, I would like to start something myself that doesn't exist yet. And that brings together a lot, a lot of elements that I'm passionate about. So you had the experience of something you knew. And then how did you start moving forward and implementing what you envisioned? Um, by bringing people together uh, mm -hmm. that shared this vision, that, that were as excited as I was. So I think the power of the team, the collaborations really are crucial to the festival and sit at a very kind of foundation of it. Uh, my uh, initial idea, uh, we thought first, let's approach a cultural institution uh, to pitch the idea and then we'll see where it's going to lead us in terms of financial support mm -hmm. um, and so we went to the ICA the Institute of Contemporary Arts mm -hmm. to meet with uh, Gregor Moore who was the director Back then, then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't yeah, as I you think said, it was his last year it was his yeah, last year and as yeah. you said I didn't come from an arts background at all mm -hmm. I mean at the time I didn't know much about contemporary artists mm -hmm. uh, but 
Mm. I don't know. I was we were just or very lo- enthusiastic. Or the local we, ecology of London. Perhaps. Absolutely, yeah, yes. Yeah. I was only here for um, a year, oh. and um, and so yes, and so we were very very lucky to find in Gregor a person that believed in the idea and was brave and adventurous enough to follow um, this vision and to make it a reality. Because once we had um, his artistic input, and he has appointed a curator, Kathy Noble, mm-hmm. uh, who's was also absolutely fantastic. Uh, then well, it was kind Edward of had a huge experience in network as well. And I think if he he supported you, I think in, in every aspect. He yeah. did. He did because I think yes, he had this kind of entrepreneurial approach, which mm. sometimes could be missing in the kind of more traditional art system. So it was it was a great and very lucky first experience for us. And then from then on, we put a team together. My co-founder Philippine, whom I studied with in Paris, joined uh, the board, and then that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. And um, then one of the biggest supporters uh, you got on financially was Philips Auction. Yes. Um, which kind of, in a way, kind of, it makes me question. I mean, auction houses are more elitistic. Uh, while you have a public program of openness and sharing and making art accessible, um to to bigger audiences so it was a form of corporate responsibility of philips to go on board and support you yes i think uh, and why did you choose mm-hmm. philips and not why? something else exactly yeah. well uh first i think because uh philips in terms of their own brand identity they are very much focused on contemporary art on the kind of new art on focusing on innovation and that's where they position themselves um And for us, it was a really great alignment in terms of um, understanding of the contemporary art landscape. And we shared a lot of common interests. And then, as you mentioned, I think it is important today for an auction house to also come as uh, supportive of the new talents and to support London's kind of growing younger scene and not only to focus on those artists that are Uh, fully commercially mm-hmm. uh, in the kind of commercial realm. So, uh, and also just to say, I think their support has been absolutely instrumental and crucial from day one because you have to take into account uh, the current um, funding situation in mm-hmm. London in general for mm-hmm. charities and art organizations. Mm-hmm. We as a young uh, entity can't and never have could rely uh, 100% on public funding. Uh, so we do have to be inventive and we do have to put together a pool of collaborators that will support our vision. Did you receive public funding back then? Yes. So we every year we are funded by... we. So far, we've been, we've been supported by the Arts Council uh, with a grant um, every year as well, yes. Any other public institution that has supported your efforts? Um Not not so far, but in this fourth edition, which we'll discuss in a mm-hmm. minute, I think, uh, with Walton Forest, we will be working with the Borough of Culture. So mm-hmm. in that sense, because they had a grant mm-hmm. from the Mayor of London that will be also public support. One last question before we go to the next track, yeah. which is uh, Isabelle Pierre, Le Temps est bon. Oh, yes, yeah, a French song. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, to, to select it because it reminds me of summer and... Um, kind of um, a more light mood maybe than the one we have uh, currently in London and um, June and July and art night coming then. Um, 
yeah, the question I wanted to do is, do you sell any of the works? Uh, um, or yeah. are there any ticketed, ticketed events? So uh, we so Art Night is a registered charity, as I mentioned. The idea is uh, to ensure that the the program is completely free for everyone to attend. Uh, we're not a commercial entity, and the only things we've been selling so far are artist prints. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. From the very beginning, for us, I think it was mm-hmm. very important to position ourselves as a free event, open to everyone. But you can still be free and sell works. We can, but it. I think it's another uh, way to collaborate with the artists that we invite. Here, we we the the, the idea is that we fundraise to produce new commissions mm-hmm. with artists. I think if we have a commercial relationship, then um, there is also uh, the artist galleries that are, you know, to count uh, in the network, and it might change slightly our mm. our positioning. Um, a lot of organizations do charity auctions as well. Um, we've never done that. Even if you're working with Philips? <laughs> uh, even if, yes, I think it would have been great. Unfortunately, we're also a very small team. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes we want to do so much more um, that we actually can afford. But maybe something to explore for future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel Pierre. <laughs>
Art Night, the forthcoming Art Night. So you have done, uh, the first one was in 2016 and it was in Westminster. Uh, the second one was East End, at large. In 2018 was Vauxhall Nine Elms and South Bank Centre, South Bank area. And for 2019 is Waltham Forest, which is going to start from King's Cross and will expand up to until uh, Waltham Forest. And it's this with collaboration with the mayor's uh, office because it's going to be the first um, cultural borough, borough of culture for London. Yes, absolutely. So um, this year for the very first um time. Uh, first, it's going to be created by Helen Nisbet, who's an independent curator. So for the first three years, we'll, we've been working closely with institutions. But this year, um, Helen is taking over the artistic vision. And the idea is to uh, be, as you mentioned, part of the first London Borough of Culture in Walton Forest. However, rather than uh, going uh, directly there, um, we thought that it would be great to have also a hub in King's Cross. Um, first, because uh, it's a way, hopefully, to, to keep on attracting uh, Londoners, tourists and uh, daytime visitors and to make uh, their access easy. So when in King's Cross, you can just jump on the Victoria Line, which is also night tube, and in 13 minutes, you'll be in Walthamstow. Mm. Um, and then King's Cross also offers relating and exciting opportunities to create a hub there uh, in different locations. Uh, in Walton Forest, the idea is to focus on the Walthamstow uh, High Street on the market. So to make it also a bit more kind of um, uh, focused for the visitors to ensure that there is an easy access and uh, rather than have a trail that is so long as we had last year running from as you said South Bank to Battersea Power Station this is quite a, a walk uh, well this year it's all, all going to be focused on the market which is actually the long one of the longest I think markets in Europe about one mile it's completely pedestrian and all the venues will be around it mm -hmm. very interesting and um, my next question is uh, is is Brexit affecting you somehow? Do you know or do you have any signs of, of impact or not? Well, by nature, I'm not I'm not pessimistic. I feel with Brexit, uh, certainly some um, some people are directly affected with us. I think um, you don't you don't want to adopt a position when you feel affected and then it's a self-realizing prophecy in a way mm -hmm. so i think it's very important uh when faced with changing times to remain determined and to do uh to keep on doing the best you can to mm -hmm. ensure you know the continuity of your uh work so for us uh of course maybe in terms of the fundraising with the certain uncertainty, things might be a bit harder, but uh, we're really ensuring as much as possible that it's not going to be disruptive for mm -hmm. our activities. And why do you always choose one borough or one area? Is there a reason for that? There is. So I mentioned... Why is not kind yeah. of uh, disseminated yeah. at a variety of boroughs and on one night, for instance, one night and it's going to be all boroughs of London having few works on each borough? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'd love that. Maybe we'll have to triple the budget. <laughs> that would be great. If you have, yeah. if anyone wants to help, please let us know. Um, 
I mentioned Paris earlier. Don't forget to meet uh, to to contact Xenia Zemtsova uh, from Art Night London in case you will t- you want to support Art Night and yes. cultural events. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mentioned Paris earlier, and mm-hmm. when they do the Nuit Blanche there, it's uh, spread in the city, which is of course exceptional. I do think that we the need city s- smaller though. Exactly. I do think we have to take into account that London is so wide that it would be physically impossible. I also think that for us, every year by exploring one area, it is an opportunity to spend time there, to work from there, to meet people there and to really dedicate efforts to understand the kind of distinctive culture and identity of uh, of the borough in order to program... Um, Uh, a festival that will be responsive to to challenges or you know to opportunities of that given area mm-hmm. so uh i think it's better to focus on one area a year in a way and also for the for the visitors uh it gives them the opportunity as you said rather than you know running around uh hopefully to see as much as possible on the weekend fantastic and what is the theme of this uh, art night in addition yes so um This year it's very interesting because um, so Helen, uh, our artistic director, she uh, was uh, she grew up in the Shetlands, and uh, when she heard that Art Night this year is taking place in Walthamstow, the first thing she thought about is as a teenager how uh, she loved uh, the music of East Seventeen, okay, um, which. I'm sure you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1993, uh, they uh, released that song. It's all right. Um, very optimistic track indeed. Very <laughs> optimistic, and it really made the E17 kind of the most exciting postcard. I, I think it was po- their popular hit. culture. Yeah. Yes, and so that was kind of the starting point, and then um, it went, it evolved a bit, and it gave her the opportunity to invite artists uh, to think about hope, love, and the future mm-hmm. uh, in a broader way, and uh, kind of to imagine. You mentioned Brexit earlier, where this year it's about imagining how we might kind of act and support each other and care for each other in a time of cultural and political uncertainties. Mm-hmm. So this has, has been kind of a thread throughout uh, her programming. And um, and let's go to E17 then. <laughs> and it's all right. It's alright Don't you worry, child of the night Cause then the morning come With the new day sun Love never lasts in line We are the seed of a new breed We are succeed, our time has come We are the new, these words are true Let the light of love shine through
Xenia, apart from uh, hope and the other characteristics you mentioned about um, this year's theme, uh, what else characterizes the new edition of the Art Night? And when is it? When it's going to take place? Yeah, so most importantly, Art Night uh, comes to London on the 22nd of June, Mm -hmm. uh, which is going to be the summer solstice. Is a lucky number, 22? It was randomly selected. (laughs) It was uh, not randomly, because considering how busy the cultural calendar is in London, it was a lot of work. Uh, But uh, yes, 22nd is true. I didn't know it was a lucky number. Is it? Depends. I really like that. Yes. Okay. Well, so we can consider it a lucky number. Now it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So summer solstice, longest nights of the year, mm-hmm. and um, longest day actually. Uh-huh. Longest day. Yeah, twenty first. I think it is, but it's okay. We're nearby. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just like the number. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah. So I think one of the characteristics this year that I'm really happy about is that um, we are focusing this year on exploring more familiar places rather than, you know, grand landmarks or iconic locations, which there will be a few of them as well. But it's also about seeing how can we stage art night in places um, that uh, usually already bring people together in their everyday life. How can we invite artists to think of projects for the market, as I mentioned, but also place like the cinema, the pub, um, the mall, Uh, a car park, um, a place of worship, or a school, for example. And I think... uh, Very diversified venues. Very diversified venues. I think it is a huge responsibility, as as I also uh, mentioned earlier, uh, to program uh, projects in these kind of places, because you absolutely need to count with the people that uh, are regular visitors or um, users of that uh, places. So I do think that uh, it will make an art that will be more connected with the local community, hopefully, and that the artistic projects will be a reflection also of their lives there. Have you organized many performances as well during this uh, or music events uh, during this night? Apart from fine art, con- contemporary art? Yeah, so I think... Wait, we, okay, we, performances. Yeah, yeah. We, we can think of Art Night as a really multidisciplinary festival. And for me, it's an extremely important thing because um, it's a way, again, to speak to a wider audience than those people that would only come for the visual arts. So by bringing, you know, music uh, together with video, with performance and installations, um, it's broadening, I think, the access, hopefully. We did in the past, for example, a collaboration between uh, visual artist Costa Nikolai and Boiler Room for a club night and it was really great to see people coming for a you know, Boiler Room night out and then actually continuing on uh, to discover some contemporary artists. I think that's what Art Night is trying to bridge different disciplines. Okay, so I will go to Bruce Springsteen and Dancing in the Dark. <laughs> um, and then why did you choose this track, Xenia? <laughs> uh, why did it, it's one of my favorite songs. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really kind of summarizes a lot of what Art Night is. It's about encouraging people to do things that they wouldn't do otherwise. It's about uh, kind of giving a bit more freedom to, to our moves and about also discovering the nighttime opportunities that London is still offering us. And before going to Bruce, <laughs> do you have international collaborations? Yeah, so every year um, we do have a mix of uh, UK and international artists. Mm-hmm. We, we try to balance things. We, I think it is important that 
uh, Art Night being a London initiative that is, is an opportunity and a platform for local artists. But it's also great every year to welcome artists from, we had artists from Berlin, from New York, from Korea, uh, from China. So yes, London is such a diverse and multicultural city, I think, that so it should be also reflect reflected that. in the program. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And let's go to Bruce Springsteen. Dancing in the Dark. And back with uh, Ksenia Zemtsova with the Art Night. And I'm going to go to a hard question, Ksenia. Oh my God, okay. Yeah. I heard one criticism once. Um, basically, it had to do with a project I did once. 
uh, which was a light festival in Soho. And um, they were saying, okay, that's all good, and you're engaging, you provide different interpretations. Um, but isn't this, at the end of the day, gentrifying? Pushing the artists uh, out of their environment because the prices of the venue, so by elevating culturally uh, an area, you basically contribute to the, the gentrification of the area. Uh, is this uh, a concern that you have with the Art Night? Uh, it is definitely something that is on our mind, as I think it is on everyone's mind in London today. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that in terms of who is really bearing the responsibility, um, we what we are trying to do actually uh, by going into an area is to leverage available resources to directly invest those uh, resources in the arts and giving the artists the opportunity to create new work and giving the audience to discover, you know, a chance to so discover uh, their, the their environment, you know, to discover unusual spaces, to have a great night out. And we, we try as much as possible by, yes, by going into an area to be mindful and that's why I said earlier rather than you know doing something that will be big and city spread by spending time in a in a given location I think it gives us a chance to get to know the people we work with and to see as much as possible how art night could be beneficial in the long term so by establishing ourselves for a year uh, in the area we, 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 we try to, to, to be extremely careful and to see how art night can only have positive effects um, I think what I think not so much gentrification for me is a big issue in terms of Art Night's impact, but more about how can we really diversify the audiences that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, have the opportunity to see the works. Because it's all great to say that we are free and that we're open, but how do you ensure that people that are not already familiar with the arts will attend the festival? Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, a real challenge for us. Um, we try to address it by going into familiar places, as I said earlier, but I also think that the nature of the works um, and the concept itself has to be generous enough to uh, give people this spark and this initial interest. But this is a big responsibility because if we go in an area um, and we establish, you know, this festival and in the end it's always the same people that attend it, then I think we have um, not fulfilled our commitments. Mm -hmm. Um, and is is plan of your strategy to um, expand into other cities apart from London? Is there such a consideration or perhaps uh, initiate collaboration uh, between London and other British uh, cities or towns mm -hmm. or uh, other towns from abroad uh, supporting uh, intercultural exchange uh, at a deeper level? Yeah, so first maybe to mention that um, this Nuit Blanche Festival, which I mentioned, is part of a broader Nuit Blanche network in the world. So this concept of an all-night art celebration is something that has been and is going uh, on in, um, I think, Toronto, Melbourne, Brussels, uh, and many, many, I think about 30 cities in the world. So it is an existing kind of informal network of festivals. Um, now, in terms of the Art Night brand, I think uh, future international opportunities would be great for us. Um, and in terms of regional collaboration, I think this uh, should be encouraged uh, through our legacy program. So... Uh, 
as I said, with the commissions that we create, uh, we have had the chance a lot to work with uh, uh, other institutions, for example, Leeds Art Gallery or Tramway in Glasgow, that then welcomed the projects that were partly created during Art Night and give us the opportunity to uh, have some visibility beyond the night as well. So this, I think, co-commissioning processes could be further explored and hopefully we'll have more opportunities in that sense. Okay, I will go to the next track and back with uh, Ksenia Zemtsova and Art Night London. My pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his song Telling my whole life with his words Killing me softly with his song Yo, this is why Clef Refuge Cries well Little baby sitting up here on the bass While I'm on this road, I got my girl L One time, one time Hey yo L, you know you got the lyrics I heard he sang a good song I heard he had style And so I came to see him And listen for a while And there he was, this young boy Stranger to
The Fugees and Killing Me Softly with his song, Lauren Hill. Why did you choose this track, uh, Xenia? Any particular reason or just because? Well, first, I think just going back to 2017, I had some nostalgia and I started remembering all the hits from when I was a teenager. And this was one of my favorite songs. And then uh, recently I was um, listening to an interview of uh, Barry Jenkins, um, the director of Moonlight. He has a new film uh, that was just released, which I can't wait to see. Um, and that was the soundtrack. So they've put it again on the radio and I thought... That's so good. I want to do the same. <laughs> okay, and uh, in terms of cultural policy, which is um, part of your background, um, we, we, we're living and experiencing very troubled times, I have to say. There has always been some trouble in our societies, but I think we're a, a privileged generation where we were brought up in very secure environments. Well, now uh, insecurity is increasing in, in many levels. And um, do you think that culture has to play a role in that? And um, which are the next step forward to uh, contribute to how in our, somehow in our societies? I think it's a very difficult question because... I know, especially to answer in three, four minutes. <laughs> exactly. It's so difficult. It's something I think about a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I think think we need to be careful not to uh, mix everything up. So yes, culture is important in broadening our horizons. And you know, you think it's our responsibility to ensure that as many people as possible can um, have the necessary kind of tools and backgrounds to um, enjoy it. However, in terms of kind of addressing a lot of this new economic social challenges, um, climate change or demographics or migration. I'm just wondering how much, how much arts and culture are in power and entitled to address these situations in a thorough and uh, comprehensive manner. Um, I think that we might we, we can try as much as possible to raise awareness. I think arts and culture are a powerful tool to um, communicate a message and to make us citizens maybe more kind of engaged as in the kind of civic actions. Uh, however, I think that the these possibilities are a bit sometimes limited. And I think it's sometimes better to fix ourselves clear objectives that we can really meet rather than thinking that we can just by the power of art settle every single problem so in the planet. So what are your clear objectives as Art Night? So with Art Night, um, I think it's really fighting to ensure that it will always be free and uh, thinking of projects that are um, very much fit to their environment and spending time every year. So every year it takes us one year to make the program, uh, ensuring that we kind of come to grasps with the local situation and local people and local challenges and try to address that rather than having an overarching, you know, uh, project or narrative that might be a bit more difficult to achieve. 
A very fast last question. No, one before the, the final one. You teach cultural policy, do you? So I have a I have a course uh, this semester with my with Philippine, uh, the Art Nights co-founder at Sciences Po in Paris, where we studied together. Mm. Um, and it's more about simulating a competition with students uh, to become the first international capital of culture and giving them the tools to um, to write their uh, uh, their documents and. Actually, yes, going back to your initial question, with teaching this course, I think it, it raised so many questions in my mind as to what do I want to share with the students, you know, how I, they need to be realistic and, and, and what is... The seeds you need to implant exactly, to them to contribute. Yes, absolutely. And whether we want them to think about uh, culture as a, you know, in the city as a soft power tool. Is it just about city branding and marketing and attracting visitors and tourists? Or is it about having this kind of more local impact, which is much harder to achieve, but also much more exciting and timely, I think, today? Mm-hmm. You're, unfortunately, we have to close, Ksenia, here. I'm sure that we have to talk about hours and hours about cultural policy, art nights, events, um, and many other projects. The last um, uh, music selection of, of yours is the specials Ghost Town. Yes. Um, why a, did you choose this track? Such a great song. I, I chose it because it reminded me of a project we did last year for Art Night 2018 with the artist Jeremy Deller. And um, one of our guests, one yeah. of your guests, uh, one of the most extraordinary, I think, artists in London today. Um, he did that project uh, with the Melodians, a steel band um, uh, that covered that song Ghost Town in uh, Battersea last year and was one of the best projects we've ever done. It was even regrammed by Snoop Dogg. So, <laughs> a big achievement for us. That's big achievement indeed. Uh, Ksenia Zemtsova, thank you very much for being with us today. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope to see you all uh, during the art night on the 22nd of July. 22nd of June. Of June. 22nd and 23rd of June. Remember the Midsummer Night. Okay. Uh, Have a lovely day. Thank you.